Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. People have these limiting belief systems. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough, whatever. And just remember this, if you have one of these that you're consciously aware of, there's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS, because 99.9% .9 of them are. They have no basis in fact, and we just believe they're real. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Rod Khalif. Rod is joining us from Sarasota, Florida. He is the director of Lifetime Cashflow Academy, the host of Lifetime Cashflow Through Real Estate Investing Podcast, and the president and founder of the Tiny Hands Foundation. Rod specializes in investing in multifamily and teaches others how to invest in multifamily. Rod's portfolio consists of 4,500 multifamily units in seven states. Rod, thanks for joining us, and how are you today? That's good to see you, Ash. Let's have some fun today, brother. Hey, I'm glad you're here, Rod. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Let me give you a high-level quick background. I'm a Dutch immigrant. I immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. Ended up in Denver, Colorado. Really didn't have much when we got here. Struggled. I remember we actually bought food at an expired food store. Believe it or not, they had that. And I remember drinking powdered milk with our cereal in the morning because it was cheaper than real milk. And trust me, it sounds better than it is. And wore clothes in the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I finally lied about my age when I was 14 because I was tall and got a job at Burger King so I could buy my own clothes. And I'm sure people had it harder than I did or have it harder now with all this economic craziness, but I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic, so she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, we always had a house full of kids, but she was a bit of an entrepreneur. She invested in the stock market successfully in IPOs without any formal education. She also invested in real estate, and she's the reason I got into real estate. She bought the house across the street for about 30000 when I was about 14, and then when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep. I'm like, what? You didn't do anything? You made 20 grand? Screw college. I'm getting into real estate. So I got into real estate. I got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, which you could do back then with education. And now they got smart. You need some experience. And I was smart enough to go work for another broker, even though I could have had my own office. But 
My first year in real estate only made about $8,000, still living at home. My second year, I made about $10,000. But my third year, I made over $100,000. So what happened between year two and year three? Well, what happened was I met somebody that taught me about the importance of your mindset and your psychology. And frankly, that's what I talk about a lot of my events and on my podcast, because I really believe 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and psychology, particularly into the period of time we're heading into economically in this country. But fast forward to today, I've owned over 2,000 houses that I rented long term. I own thousands of apartment units, like you said. And in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might say, wow. <laughs> and I said, wow. And I got a head so big, I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a real estate god. And you know, when that happens, God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008 and nine. I lost $50 million in 2008 and nine. So again, what I'm known for talking about on my social and my podcast and on my boot camps is really the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place. And maybe even more importantly, the mindset it took to recover from that. So that's my story, brother. Let's dive into that. And best ever listeners, yeah. if you don't know the name Rod Khalif, he's one of the pioneers of this industry. So by all means, Google him and you can listen to a podcast that gives you more about his background. But today we're going to dive into the recovery that you went through, Rod, and the economic headwinds that we're heading into today. So sure. you, you had the luxury of failing spectacularly. You've learned a lot. I call of them seminars. I call them seminars, by the way. They're not failures. <laughs> Good. Yes. I agree with you. And because of that, you have to have a much different view heading into 2023's recession. What are your thoughts on, and I'm not asking you to predict the future, but how to prepare yourself for what could be on the horizon? Well, I can tell you what I did when I lost it all. Okay. And that will probably add some color to this and help. But there are several pieces that will really help. Let me see. How do I want to do this? Well, one of them is your focus right now. It's so easy to get caught up in all the crap that's in the news and what's happening there in social media. You don't even know what to believe anymore. And we want to get started on the political side of things. It's just crazy what's happening in this country. So it's super important right now to manage your focus because whatever you focus on is going to get larger, both positive or negative. Some great examples of this would be I get people that ask me, how do I get out of student loan debt? And I'm like, wrong question. How do you make so much money that the student loan debt's irrelevant? Here's the thing, where focus goes, energy flows. And if you've got incredible focus, you're going to have incredible success. And again, what you focus on gets bigger. They asked Mother Teresa, for example, another great example, if she was anti-war. She said, no, I'm pro-peace. It's a play on words, but it's important. And I'll give you another similar example. It's important that you don't dilute your focus either. But more than anything, I will just say this. On diluting your focus, I remember back in Denver, I had frozen yogurt shops. I had vending carts, selling ice cream, carpet cleaning. I was doing real estate and everything suffered because my focus was diluted. So make sure you don't do that as well. I got rid of everything except the real estate and I bought 500 houses in that run. But the thing that's super important is that you stand guard at the door to your mind. Keep that negative Crap is the only, I'm sorry, I could think of a less profane word to use there, but that's the bottom line is what it is on social and on the news right now. Just remember this, the news organizations are not 
public service organizations. They are there for a profit and they don't make a profit unless you watch and you don't watch unless it's screaming negative headlines. So they're there to startle you and scare you. And if you bring that stuff in, you're going to get sucked into fear and you'll be paralyzed. And I'm going to tell you, Ash, I believe we are heading into one of the greatest opportunities in our lifetime to really create wealth. And some people are saying it could be the greatest transfer of wealth we see in our lifetime. And certainly there are lots of different ways you could capitalize on it but you've got to pick a vehicle. You can buy businesses. They're baby boomers retiring that own tons of businesses, but everything's going on sale, in my opinion. This is my opinion. I really believe we're going to see some real pain in this country economically, and I think it's unavoidable at this point. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to excite you because you've got to pick your vehicle. If it's buying businesses, go learn that. If it's buying some other asset class besides multifamily, go learn that. If it's a multifamily, go to the best ever conference or come to one of my boot camps. I've got one coming up in September. But get up to speed as fast as you can because I really believe it's coming, and I think there's going to be incredible opportunity. We can talk about why whenever you like. Yeah, before we do that, Rod, I'm going to push back a little bit on you. We have an entire generation of people who have experienced the arrow going up and to the right. And now, maybe for the first time, their deal's underwater. There's seemingly no way out. They have to deliver bad news to their investors. I get what you're saying. What are you pushing back on then? Because what you're describing is the pain that existing operators are already going through. What I'm pushing back on is how do you have a positive outlook when all these headwinds are coming on you, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Again, bad news to deliver to everybody. You've potentially created a financial disaster for yourself. What do you say well, to that person? How do they remain well, positive? I- Okay. For that person, it's a different conversation for sure. And again, I lost $50 million. So maybe I'm a little more battle scarred and less, what's the word? compassionate than I should be. And forgive me for that. Okay. And if you're suffering right now, in fact, I'm working on all sorts of strategies for my students. I've got coaching students they are called my warriors and I'm working on all sorts of strategies for any of them that are suffering right now that are in adjustable rate debt. And they're more technical strategies as it were, but let's talk about the technical strategies first. I'm having a loan broker who's extraordinary talk to my team here tomorrow and lining out resources for rescue capital and opportunity funds. Obviously, that's the last resort, but lining those out, coaching my students on making capital calls properly so you don't scare your investors so that they're inclined to actually step up and help you get through this. So all of these different technical strategies that I'm teaching my coaching students, my warriors, but it is inevitable that there's going to be some distress. I don't know if you saw the recent Wall Street Journal article about that huge foreclosure in Houston. One of my competitors, students there and about 3,000 units. And I think sadly, there's going to be more of that. And let me just say this. If you end up going there and you can't save it, just remember me. I lost $50 million. I had hundreds of foreclosures. And here I am back, happy, excited. Failures are setbacks, and that's why I call them seminars. You know, I've built 27 businesses so far in my career, several worth tens of millions of dollars, most spectacular flaming seminars. We fail our way to success. So don't fear it. Deal with it. Do the best you can. Keep your integrity and do everything you can to protect your investors. And that's all you can do because there are outside global forces outside your control. That's just the bottom line. But just don't let it destroy you. I will tell you, people jumped off buildings back in the Great Depression and even in 2008 9 for losing less than I lost proportionately because they couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. But don't fear failure. I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, 
Sarah Blakely at a mastermind that I was in, and she told me something that was super impactful, and that is her dad used to ask her and her brother almost on a weekly basis, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an awesome question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure. So again, if you're going through this, what is Winston Churchill's famous quote? If you're going through hell, just keep going. Just do everything you possibly can. Don't get caught up in fear because fear paralyzes. Look at every possible angle and do the best you can. That's it. You'll come out the other side of it, no matter what. Have you currently advised people or are you in the process of advising people who are underwater on deals and dealing with investors? Yes, I'm doing it right now and doing a capital call, for example, how to do that properly and hopefully raise enough money to get you over the hump, raise enough money for that rate cap or whatever it takes to get you through it. And I think if investors are shown that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that there is an opportunity to save their initial investment by putting in some more capital to get over the hump, because nobody projected it was going to get this rough, that the rates were going to go this high, that rate caps were going to be so ridiculous. I'll give you an example. I just did a Facebook Live on rate caps. And back in 2020, if you wanted a three-year, 3% rate cap on $100 million, it was $23,000, okay? Three-year, 3% rate cap. Today, that $100 million rate cap for one year would be $2.3 million. Who planned for that kind of a hit? And of course, with the interest rates, cap rates have gone up. So values are coming down. And with these interest rates on these adjustable rate loans, a lot of people are struggling with their debt service coverage ratio. And that's just the interest rates. We're not even talking about what's happening with insurance right now. Insurance is insane as well. And of course, taxes have gone crazy too. So there's just a lot of headwinds. And I like to look at it from the opportunity side. So I talk about that and it seems very compassionless. I do have a lot of compassion. I do. But, and I said, but, so that means everything I said before is a lie, but it's not. I do care about people. And that's why I'm spending so much time. I've got a big presentation tomorrow for my warriors, my coaching students about what we can do with debt and that capital call conversation, which actually we already did that one. And just uh, treading carefully right now, being super conservative, not being aggressive. Rod, going forward, are you trying to stay away from variable interest rate, variable rate debt, bridge loans? Are you guys trying to start locking in fixed debt? No question. I wouldn't even consider a five-year debt right now. The only debt I would consider is 10-year. It's too volatile, and the rate caps are just crazy. The last deal we did was 10-year Freddie Mac debt, 60% loan to value. It was a screaming deal in Nashville crazy story. We just had a fire there. Thank God nobody died, but we lost 20 units. But I haven't done a lot of purchasing the last year, only two assets, one in San Antonio and one in Nashville, because it's just too frothing for me. Frothing is the only word I can use to describe it. It reminded me too much of 2006 and seven. because when you get hammered like I did, you become pretty conservative. Hit me once, shame on you. Hit me twice, it's Rod's fault. So I'm just being super conservative, maybe to a fault, honestly. But I think it's coming to light that conservative really was the order of the day. And and here's what's scary, Osh. There's $1.6 trillion in debt coming due by the end of next year. And first quarter this year, there was a 75% year-over-year decline in sales. So it's not selling. You know what's happening with interest rates and rate caps and cap rates. I think we're going to see bank failures. We're going to see a lot of this debt going to the default. And if you're in this position right now, I hope... You're just taking as much action as you can to try to mitigate it. And sometimes you can't and you just move on. That's it. You just have to move on. You can't do anything else. I would imagine historically you found a lot of deals through broker relationships or through Mm -hmm. your network. Are Mm -hmm. you doing something different to find those distressed assets today? 
What are you doing well, with buy deals today? Honestly, they haven't really hit that much yet. I think it's still the people that want to sell. And I can tell you, I think a lot of operators are looking for every other option besides selling right now as an option for themselves. So I don't think they've really hit that hard yet. But we've got lists of debt that's coming due and things like that. We have not aggressively pursued it yet. Full disclosure, I am building an opportunity fund. I should have it completed by the end of the week. We're just working through some tax ramifications. But I do believe that those opportunities are coming. Even if this is a mild recession and they start lowering interest rates immediately, which I don't see the notes from this last Fed meeting indicated they're very well likely to be another interest rate increase. But even if it flips quickly, I know that the people with bridge debt are in trouble. And I don't know if you know this stat either, that a third of all commercial real estate debt is adjustable. I was shocked when I saw that in a CRE article the other day. I didn't realize it was that high. So there's a lot of pain, not just in the multifamily asset class. And by the way, there's about a half a trillion, 500 billion in multifamily coming due by the end of next year. A lot of these operators, because they couldn't get the loan to value with Fannie and Freddie, used bridge debt to get the returns where they needed to get these last couple of years, thinking that the parade was going to continue forever, which is, I'll be candid, same thing I thought back in 2006 and seven. I thought this gravy train was going to go forever. How could it ever go back? It's such a strong market. And maybe that's why I'm a little more in tune in advance of what happened this time, because I could remember the pain of what I went through. Rod, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. I've been a non-residential commercial investor for over 10 years, and I invest in retail, industrial, office, mixed use. Mm -hmm. Why not pivot? And yeah, start good question. In some of those asset clients, well, obviously office, <laughs> office. You put your hand out and you stay away from office right now. I just saw an article, literally in today's CRE Daily, that about twenty percent of all office is empty right now, and they're not sure it's going to fill back up. And they're looking at alternate uses, like converting to multifamily, but that's super expensive. I just saw a new fund opened in New York that's thinking of converting them to self storage. I thought that was interesting. So office is a no. Retail. I know a lot about retail. I've never invested in it, but I studied it for a long time. And of course, you've got the Amazon dynamic. I don't think that's going away. God forbid we have another pandemic. But I like retail and you can really make a lot of money in retail, but I know a lot of guys that really got hurt in retail too. So I'm not going to mess with it. I love self-storage, no question there, but you're not going to get the value add type returns you're going to get elsewhere. I like industrial as well, especially flex space, small office, nice warehouse in the back. I think there'll always be a demand for that, but I have not invested in it personally. I love mobile home parks, but again, those have gone through the roof as well. My partner has done $6 billion in commercial real estate acquisitions. And I asked him this very question that you just asked me, should we pivot? He said, everybody is seeing the same thing in all these other asset classes that we're seeing in multifamily. So not to say we wouldn't. He's a retail expert. He headed up Marcus and Milichap's retail division for three and a half years. He was over like four or 500 brokers. So he's an expert in that asset class and he hasn't pushed me to go there yet. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you looking to raise money from private investors to buy commercial real estate? SyndicationAttorneys.com is here to guide you every step of the way. At SyndicationAttorneys.com, they do more so you can do more. They create real estate syndication and fund offering documents, but they also educate you on the ins and outs of raising private money, ensure your offerings comply with securities laws, and help you structure fair deals with investors so everybody wins. With reasonable lump sum fees and over $2.75 billion in securities offerings created, syndicationattorneys.com has the expertise you need. But that's not all. 
SyndicationAttorneys.com also offers weekly attorney-led masterminds, networking, and strategy sessions through their pre-syndication consulting agreements. To learn more, visit SyndicationAttorneys.com today to get started. This offer is not available to Florida residents. Ron, you mentioned you're starting a recovery fund or a rescue fund, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. very trendy right now. What do you say to those investors who say, Rod, come on, real estate, look at what's happening, the headlines, people are getting decimated. Why would I invest in real estate now? Sure, that's a great question, and it's one that we're hearing all the time. And the answer is, first of all, there's nothing else that gives you tax benefits except maybe oil and gas, which I don't know a thing about, but I heard that you get some tax benefits there. But yes, real estate goes through cycles. We're in a down cycle, but as an investment, specifically commercial real estate, traditionally very solid and safe. And even with the potential bloodbath that's coming, if this market crashes, I think you're going to see some major pain in the stock market. We won't even talk about Bitcoin. You saw the FTX debacle and Bitcoin is way down. So just not a lot of options. Now, I will tell you, you can get four to 5% interest now at some high savings banks. I just moved a few million over to one, which is great. But even 4 to 5% is not keeping up with inflation. They will tell you it is, but it's not. So our money just keeps decreasing. It kills me, but I'm in a lot of cash right now. I believe during a crisis, cash is king. And I tell my investors, listen, it will come back. And if we can buy right right now, if the numbers make sense, it's an asset that isn't going to be impacted by the current economic environment. Like right now, I'm not doing C-class assets. This is no way because that demographic's getting killed. They can't afford the gas and the food and everything else. But if I can find an A or B asset, the numbers make sense. And I can project it without any rent increases, just bringing the rents to market, for example. I'll jump all over that deal. That's a solid deal. And again, you get the tax benefits. Typically, we can offer a 7 or 8% preferred return. And it's still a great investment in your hedging against inflation. And then if we find an asset that's distressed, the returns can be exponential. And that's really what that fund is for, is for exponential deals if they come across. Deals that maybe we can't get financing on and we have to pay cash for or very low loan to value, for example. And I don't think that's a difficult argument to have with an investor that for this fund, we're going to focus on distressed assets. And if something pops up, typically the returns are going to be exponential. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I don't do much investor relations, just so you know. I have a team that does that, so they can probably do a better job than I just did on that explanation. Rod, let's pivot a little bit. I know you have a lot of success stories from your coaching program. What -hmm. about the people that don't take action? Do you have any techniques or mindset advice for people that have gone through your program and just never took the first step? Yeah, I spend a lot of time on mindset and I have one-off coaching calls with people to get them realigned with their goals. And that's where it starts. They've got to create a burning desire for themselves. Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, Think and Grow Rich. They've got to want it. So one of the first things we do at my boot camps, for example, is we do goal setting on steroids because how do you get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know what it is you want and why you want it. That's how you push through fear and what's coming. That's how you stay focused on what you want and not all the noise and the fear mongering on the news. That's how you push through any limiting beliefs that you may have. Or maybe you're comfortable. That's how you get uncomfortable because that quality of your life's in direct proportion, how much discomfort you can take. For example, I just did a video on that this morning. I jumped in my cold plunge and I talked about getting uncomfortable because that's how you achieve success is by allowing yourself to have a little discomfort. But it starts with the goal setting. So I try to reassociate my students with their goals. 
I tell them you've got to make a firm decision after that. And I don't mean dip your toe in the water or, or just think about it or dip one foot in, one foot out. You've got to be totally enrolled. The Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. If you're going to attack the island in battle, you're burning your ships because you're taking their ships home. That's a decision. It's freaking done. And then you're committed. And once you're committed, you're like a train on a track. That commitment will help you create massive action. But if you're not committed, you'll get knocked off track. So it starts with the goals, then the decision, and then you've got to take action. In some cases, it's the first step. And I see it with my students all the time. It's the law of the first deal. It's the hardest. It's the most stressful. It takes the longest. And they're complaining. It's been five months, six months, maybe even a year sometimes. They haven't got one. Then they get one. And next thing I know, they have three or four. It's like, what just happened? They realized that it was the fear and what was holding them back was all between their ears. But they've got to push forward and do that and stay positive. Stay focused on what they want. Stay optimistic. It's so easy to focus on pain and struggle. And most people focus on what they don't want. Whatever you expect, you're going to get. So when you expect amazing things, you'll get amazing things. Remember that. And also remember, if you've had a setback, if you're going through one of these, if you're one of these operators that's struggling, once you go through it, remember that you choose the meaning you place on what happens to you. And I will tell you, it was hard for me losing 50 million. I thought I was set for life. But my meaning now is that I would never would have met my wife. I've got a supermodel beautiful wife is more beautiful on the inside than the outside. And I never would have met her and I'd give it all up again for her. So again, if you've had something negative happen to you, decide to have a positive meaning on it. And then again, you got to push through that fear. You've got to push through limiting beliefs. I'll tell you a quick story. When I immigrated, I didn't speak English and I got thrown into school and I found out what bullies were for the first time. And actually, yes, I've got it back here. I want to show you something. My mom, proud Dutch woman that she is, thought she'd send me to school in these wooden shoes because she's proud Dutch. So I got my butt kicked again. And I also had these leather shorts that Germans wear for Oktoberfest. These are the actual ones she made me wear. We found them in my house when my mom went into assisted living. So I got beat up regularly. And then we had bullies at the end of my block and she'd chase them off with a fly swatter. So the next day I got my butt kicked and I came up with this belief system that I wasn't good enough. And I used to ask myself, how can I show them I'm good enough? And a lot of people have these limiting belief systems. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough, whatever. And just remember this, if you have one of these that you're consciously aware of, there's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99.9% of them are. They have no basis in fact. We just believe they're real. So if you've got one of those, let me give you a quick tip. Bring it out into the daylight when it pops up and just look at it with your adult rational mind. Recognize that it's BS and you'll push through it. It takes a few times. I used to be afraid to raise my hand in class in case I got embarrassed in front of the group, and now I speak in front of thousands of people a year. So you can push through if you've got one of those. So there's a few things. I could keep going. but no, you, know, look, are- uh, you hit the nail on the head, and like you said, you rarely meet people who've only done one real estate deal. As soon as they do the first one, it snowballs from there. The last question for you before we do the best ever lightning round is you mentioned your ego got you into a lot of trouble in the past. Can you give us a quick example of the money you I lost? Yeah, I did. I don't remember saying that, but my ego got me in a lot of trouble. Your hmm. ego got inflated well, and the universe came back at you as I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I had all those houses, I thought I was a freaking real estate god. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Now I know what you're talking about. So a quick yeah, example so- of the money you lost and then advice for people today who may have had a great run and their egos are out of control. Well, I got to tell you, better deal with it. When you lose it, it's going to be very humbling for you. And here's the thing that's super important to remember, okay? You are not the failure. 
your business failed. You do not identify with the vehicle. Do not become the vehicle, okay? Because your identity is very powerful. For example, I've got a sign right here. I'll show it to you real quick. I'll read to those of you who can't see it. It says, I am health and vitality, okay? Anything you put the words I am in front of is an identity statement. And there's no greater force in the human psychology than the need to remain consistent with how we identify ourselves. So be very careful that you don't identify with the multifamily business, especially if it goes down the tubes. It is a failure, but you're not a failure. And honestly, I wouldn't even call it a failure. I'd call it a seminar because you're going to be so much wiser and stronger after it happens. So did I answer your question? I got kind of, okay. All right. Yeah. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Just get started. People say, should I wait to buy real estate? I get that all the time because I talk about this looming recession. Like, should I wait? No, if there's a good deal, just get started. And once you get that first deal, you realize it's not this big mysterious thing. You realize you can do it. Anybody can do it. I've had students that are NFL athletes, NBA stars famous actors. And I've had people that grew up on ramen noodles and still live in a town of 2000, be super successful. So anybody can do this. Your economic background, your education, none of that matters. You just have to learn it and take massive freaking action. All right, Rod, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Rod, what's the best ever book you recently read? My love language is gifts, okay? And there's a book called The Five Love Languages. I got to interview the author on my show, which was a real treat for me because I've given away thousands of copies. But my students get books all the time from me, and I'll just list some of them. One of them is Turning Pro by Stephen Pressman. Everybody starts out an amateur, but to be a professional, you've got to put on the professional hat. So that's a great one. The slight edge about those little decisions you make every day that traject your life up or down. And that day, they don't mean that much, but over time, they really matter. It's especially applicable to health. Another one, of course, is Gary Keller's One Thing. I've had his co-author, Jay Papasan, fantastic book. Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning, fantastic book. I've also got the blessing of having him on the show. So there's a few. Of course, the best book out there, period. For your success is Think and Grow Rich. That's something you should be reading two or three times a year. No question. Rob, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I'll tell you a quick story. So I built this $8 million house on the beach. I'd always wanted to live on the beach. There's no beach in Denver. took me 20 years to do it. Two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night, and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego. And let me just describe this place just to get some context. So there was a giant waterfall from the second floor balcony of the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. Pool was in magazines. The house had a big spiral staircase up through the middle, a wine cellar elevator. And I, by the way, I owned the beach on one side. I had my boats on the back side. So it was a gulf to bay. It was like a slice through an island. On the second floor, I had aquariums that cost me almost 200 grand that wrapped around the staircase. That gives you an idea of the house. Two months after I moved in, I'm looking up at this thing. I'm floating in it, pool at night, pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really was. I built it to prove the world I was good enough. And I got depressed. And again, I worked for this for 20 years, and this is two months in. And I'm like, how could I be depressed? And there were three things happening, Ash. One was, it's never about the goals. They say the happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat, right? So it's never about the goals. You need them to create that burning desire. But happiness comes from progress and growth. And I didn't know how I was going to grow. But the big thing was I'd been totally focused on Rod. Rod, 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 show the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. And that's the year I read a book by Tony Robbins, who's one of my mentors. And I'm like, man, I like this. I didn't even finish the book. And I went to one of his boot camps. And I found out he fed families for the holidays. And I'm like, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. 
But I went back, called my brother in Denver. I said, I'm going to come see you on Thanksgiving. Let's feed five families. So he called his church and he found five families that really needed help. And the third family changed my life, Osh. We go up, we bought food, we bought toys for the kids, frozen turkeys, everything they needed to have a meal and a real treat. And this woman comes out, she sees the stuff on the porch, she starts crying. She's got five kids, Hispanic woman, in a one bedroom. And two or three of the older kids started crying. I started crying and I was hooked. I'm blessed to say in the last 23 years, we fed somewhere between 140 and 150,000 children here in Sarasota and Bradenton for the holidays. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. In fact, we just scheduled our next backpack grade, about 1,800 to 2,000 backpacks on August 4th. It's coming up. And I've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to give to local police departments for officers to keep in their patrol vehicles when they encounter a child that's been traumatized. And I don't say this to brag, but I could tell you, I know you've got people listening to your show, Osh, that have blood dripping from their teeth. They want the success so bad. And we've been taught to believe we have to achieve to be happy. We can't be happy until we've achieved. But I'm going to tell you, if you incorporate giving back right now, you'll be happily achieving. And I know it's a play on words, but here's the thing. Even if you don't have the money to give back, give of your time because the success will come faster. That's the way God works. So just do it right now. Trust me. Just one last piece. I did a Hall of Fame for 10 of my students. We did it at my Denver boot camp. We had about a 1,000 people there, and we awarded these 10 exemplary warriors. And we did a PowerPoint for each one of those warriors. And I noticed a pattern. Every single one of them gives back sexual trafficking, schools in India, veterans homelessness, veterans suicide, one right after another. And I pointed at the crowd. I said, you guys see a pattern here? So trust me, you want success, give back. It'll come faster. Of course, you don't do it for that reason. Yeah. Best ever listeners, hit the rewind button for about two minutes and listen to that again. Such great advice. Thank you, Rod. And Rod, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Sure. I've got a lot of free resources at rodslinks.com, rodsplural, linksplural.com. My bootcamp site is there. I've got a big bootcamp coming up in September, August 15th through the 17th. It's not a sales pitch. I talk about my coaching for about 30 minutes, but it's three days of full-on training. So if you're serious about this, it's like 200 bucks, $197. It's a no-brainer if you can come. There's free books there, some awesome books about the business, and all my social is there. And if you've ever got a question, I answer every single question on social. So rodslinks.com is the best place. Also, I do a goal-setting workshop every New Year's Day. And at the bottom of that is my goal-setting workshop with a guide you can download. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Do it with your kids. Do it with your spouse. People spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives. That's designing your life. And that's at the bottom of Rod's links as well. Rod, I got to thank you for your time today. You are, again, one of the pioneers of this industry. You've been very gracious with your time. Thank you for giving us updates on what's happening with the market, how you're handling things, how you're pivoting. So again, thank you for your time. Thanks. It was a pleasure to meet you. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.